0: I'm not going to be the one who's to be the one the the Hey, hi, hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Third Impact Anime. I am Sarah, I'll be hosting today, and I don't have anything other than incest jokes right now in my brain.
1: (laughs) We promise that's irrelevant. It is, I swear. (laughs) and i am austin and uh i am petrified of doing this episode
2: and i am ryan your viking pyromancer and i'm here to loudly shout opinions at these two
1: (laughs) and in this episode we will be doing uh group a or part one we haven't really decided exactly how to group these things out we will decide later of our uh seasonal samplers um if you guys follow the podcast typically uh you know we don't really do a whole lot of like seasonal grind sort of episodes but for this particular season just because there's a lot of stuff that we want to talk about uh, we decided to just go ahead and do it but we sort of structured it in a different way Um, and so uh, in this episode we're going to be talking about uh, three specific shows and then sort of having a general roundtable discussion about some other things Uh, but uh, Sarah, Ryan, and myself have all picked one show from this season that we are going to talk about in depth uh during this episode and then we'll have a follow-up episode where tory tobias bill and edwin have all picked uh shows of their own and they will do the same thing that we're doing about a completely different set of uh series is coming out right now on crunchyroll all on those wonderful streaming services we all use so uh yeah gonna be doing some summer seasonal anime discussions and i'm very excited for it me too Mm mm-hmm Indeed. Um, But in case you guys have never listened to an episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast before, welcome. Thank you so much for finding us. Uh, We are Third Impact Anime. We do podcasts about anime and anime-related content uh, here on the internet. Uh, You can easily find all of the things that we do over on thirdimpactanime.com, where we have uh, a content archive of all of our previous episodes of things that we have talked about, anime-related topics, things related to anime conventions, which is something we do a lot. Um, Currently, right now, uh, we are doing a giveaway of some figures that we got um, from a local video game retailer that we are good friends with called Lost Ark Video Games. We mentioned this a couple weeks back, but we just wanted to let you guys know that the giveaway is still going on. We definitely want to remind you, because honestly, our bad, we haven't been great about reminding people about it. Uh, but it is still active, if you go on our website and find the uh, icon that, um, it's like the article icon that says Lost Ark Video Games, uh, it will tell you right there how you can enter, it's pretty simple, and there's some really nice figures that we're going to be giving away, and uh, tonight I am joined by two other people who have other creative projects outside of Third Impact Anime, so Ryan, tell us a little bit about you and your creative projects that you do.
2: My creative project is called Midshelf Gaming. It is high quality content streamed straight to your eyeballs and you can find us over on the YouTubes. And uh, basically, Will, Edwin and I, uh, we talk about a retro game topic of our choosing. And lately due to uh, me trying to get into grad school, we haven't put out an episode in like two months and that's entirely my fault. But uh, now that I got into grad school and have everything situated, I actually have time to edit. So look forward to our episode on puzzle games coming
1: probably soon. Heck yeah, we like probably soon. Yep. What about you, Sarah? What is your other creative outlet other than third impact anime?
0: Um. So if you know me, you know, I really like anime music and things like that. And I really like to follow cover artists and sometimes occasionally I do a cover of my own every once in a while. Um. And so I organized or helped organize uh, something called Sugino Season which is a cover tour thing where you can submit a cover during a specific week that's set up um, September 23rd and um, of anime music or Vocaloid music or really any kind of music that like goes with the theme um, and that's at tns underscore tour on twitter if you want to look at more information of that if you do covers or you know somebody who does covers and you want to be a part of it or even just like find new people to follow who do that
1: cool Cool. Mm -hmm. awesome all right guys you want to go ahead and just jump right into this thing and talk about some seasonal anime absolutely sure all right well who would like to go first i'll go first All right, Ryan. So tell us about your seasonal pick for summer 2019.
2: So pretty much every season, because I don't have much free time to watch new shows anymore, or rather to pick shows that I think might be good and then be disappointed. I only tend to watch like one or two shows per season. So this season I picked Vinland Saga and Fire Force, and I'm going to be talking about Vinland Saga because everybody is talking about fire force and we all know that that <laughs> show's really good but i don't it's actually uh, see it's
1: uh, lit as the kids would say yes, yes
2: fire force is lit <laughs> mm-hmm. um i don't actually see that many people talking about vinland saga surprisingly so i wanted to give this one some love it's mm-hmm. incredibly good um it's made by production ig and kodansha which are Two producers that I absolutely love and the studio behind it is Wit Studio who is also responsible for uh shows like attack on Titan maybe maybe you've heard of that one or uh Kabaneri and in the Iron Fortress as well as no Seraph. just heard about them in passing of course yeah, yeah of course only passing mm-hmm. but um no it's it's a really good show and it's about Vikings and I normally am not the biggest fan of Vikings they're probably one of my least favorite parts of history not to say I don't like it it's just I like other ones better but um this show is so good so far and i've only gotten through the first three episodes because i was working today so i didn't have a chance to watch episode four which i'll probably be doing as soon as we get done here so is um,
1: episode four uh has that one been released because i know for a few weeks amazon prime only had the first three episodes available for reasons unknown to me (laughs) yeah it came out
2: today episode four uh came out today that's good that's good um totally dating the episode but whatever uh, and um yeah so it follows this viking named thors and that is thors with that was thor with an s so mm. he is multiple thors that's how badass this guy is <laughs> wow. he is multiple of the god of thunder and um he basically was a viking warrior who decided he didn't want to be a viking warrior anymore and he decided to be a family man instead but The world had different plans for him he got roped back into it because he technically deserted and uh it's basically showing how he doesn't want to go back to war but he's doing it for the sake of his family and his village Mm -hmm. and the story so far is great and Mm -hmm. they started they started the series with a ridiculously well animated fight scene that i was just like all right you have you have my full and undivided attention (laughs) and unfortunately right after that they went into family stuff and you didn't see another fight scene until episode three Mm. but it was still great and like Mm. the fight scene gave me like a massive fire emblem vibe like just the way the the way that it looked and like the character designs and how they were attacking and everything Mm. um that also could be due to the fact that i've been binging the crap out of three houses and that game is so good but that's an entirely different podcast um (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it gave me like it gave me a real fire emblem vibe and i'm not really sure why because fire emblem is always medieval stuff but this is viking stuff Mm -hmm. um but regardless i'm like really enjoying it and i'm trying to debate how far into spoiler territory i want to venture because Mm -hmm. i don't want to spoil it for everybody obviously Mm -hmm. Um, can you
1: just i mean maybe not necessarily spoil specific plot points but in terms of you know how the show feels so far and how you think it's going like what what kind of show is Vinland Saga because like I've, I've seen the first episode and to me it strikes me as something that is you know of course going to be very you know action heavy but is also going to have like a lot of uh, really cool characters show up like even uh, even historical figures like Leif Erikson shows up in the first yes, episode Leif Erikson uh, he's, in, he's yeah, in a couple find, episodes yeah, yeah. he does
2: show up yeah um, he's actually been in every episode so far um, mm-hmm. Whether or not he dies soon, I don't know. But um, the one thing is I'm not sure how close to history they're sticking because... Mm-hmm. Um, sure. It showed in the first episode, Leif Erikson was talking about his voyages to the kids and showing how much of an awesome guy he is because he's had all these amazing adventures. But he's not that much of a fighter, even though he would love mm-hmm. to be. But it showed him settling in um, what would be uh, New England and meeting the natives and they gave him and he like hit it off with them. And they like lived in peace for a little while before he came back and they gave him a uh, peace pipe as well as a, mm-hmm. uh, a warrior's headdress as a gift.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't recall that ever happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could be wrong about that. And this also takes place in like the year 1000. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: I could be wrong about that happening, but my understanding was when the Vikings did discover uh, well, the New World or New England, whatever you want to call it, they were just like, nah, this isn't what we're looking for, and they turned around and left. I didn't think they actually <laughs> settled at all or even landed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could be wrong about that. Um, anybody right. who's a history yeah. buff out there, please tell me if I'm wrong because I actually am very curious.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm sure it probably does have some level of embellishment on the part of the uh, the manga writer. Um, but uh, I I do think it is interesting to see. Um. A show that has historical figures in it in this particular way because it seems to me like whenever I hear about historical figures showing up in anime or manga it's almost typically or excuse me almost consistently sort of like the fate model where it's just like this isn't really William Shakespeare this mm-hmm. isn't really Alexander the Great it's like the yeah. anime version of, yeah. of of these people, but uh, Vinland Saga fate seems... takes
2: fate takes significantly more liberties though with <laughs> oh, any, yes. than any other series I've ever seen, which is not a a bash on fate at all. No. I'm just saying they're not trying to be
1: stupidly accurate. Mm-hmm. No, and and a lot of uh, it, there's countless anime about like Oda Nobunaga, for example, and like how many of them are actually like supposed to be somewhat realistic? Well, probably not very many. But it does seem yeah. like Vinland Saga is going for. It seems like Vinland Saga is going for more of a uh, very realistic fiction, if not maybe yeah. realistic fantasy. I'm not like how much at the very least
0: any... like a historical fiction, trying to stay true to the setting and the time period. Yeah. kind of deal. like is
1: can you tell if it's like if there's any fantasy elements at all to it?
2: There's nothing like supernatural or fantastical. It's all grounded mm-hmm. in reality. Just mm-hmm. what elements they might be talking about might be stretched a little bit. Right. Like they deal with they deal with the issue of uh slavery back then Mm -hmm. and how it was like a really big thing and like slaves Mm -hmm. were treated like crap. And um you you meet one slave who's like on the verge of death and um Thor's tries to save him Mm -hmm. and uh they wind up meeting another Viking uh clan from across the mountains whose slave that was. He had run away and you notice that like none of the Vikings were really friendly with each other. It was all like, mm-hmm. this is my territory. I want this territory. I'm willing to go to war over like a sheep. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's a very big extreme, but like, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that would actually yeah. be true if that happened. <laughs> um, but the biggest thing for me so far is the whole perception of war. Cause everybody knows Vikings as like barbarians. Um, mm-hmm and, like, really war-hungry. And Thor's is, like, the exact opposite of that. Like, yeah, he's an incredible warrior, and it shows. Like, he could literally take out an entire, like, armada if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, it it's delved a little bit so far into what made him, want like, lose the thirst for battle. And it showed him in the past, like, yeah, he was a warrior, and he was like, yeah, I'm ready for the next one. And then he's just like, yeah, there was this point where I was just like, this is where I lost it and um Mm -hmm. he he's forced back into war as i mentioned Mm -hmm. and there and he's in a village that has never seen war basically Mm -hmm. like the the kids in it have lived their entire lives of like 15 years without knowing war and he's really happy about that and then this guy shows up and makes the proclamation you're coming or fill in the blank what's going to happen here right and um so then he's like fine i'll do it and then as he's leaving the 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 guy who makes him come back whose name is actually floki with an it's loki with an f oh. so I, we got thor and loki which i think oh. is great um so he makes a proclamation anybody who's brave enough to come with him uh join us on the battlefield as we try to take england and so a bunch of them are like yeah we're gonna go to war oh my god it's gonna be awesome we're gonna kill our enemies i can't wait for this and you can just see it on his face that he hates that like everybody's like thirsty for war when they literally don't know how awful it actually is Mm -hmm. and like the biggest impact so far was that was towards the end of the last episode um or right before they go into battle one of the kids um is like clearly you know scared out of his mind um and <clears throat> Thor's turns to him and he's he the kid is just like yeah I'm gonna kill all of the enemies and he literally smacks him and it's just like don't use the word kill so lightly until you know what it means or like something like that mm. but I was just like damn that's mm-hmm. actually very impactful yeah. and then he jumps onto the ship to beat up the entire other ship um <laughs> but um yeah it seems to be going in like a direction that you're not really going to expect like it's going to have action but i don't think war is going to be the the super main focus at least not from the impression i'm getting so
1: far okay okay and that um and that kind of makes sense because it um it it is based on a fairly long-running manga series that has not been like super popular in america but is pretty popular in japan um it has been released over here in some very nice, like hardcover omnibus volumes, and they yeah. had a they had a humble bundle maybe a couple months ago that came with a whole ton of it, and I'm really glad that I jumped on that at the time because I would like to read some of it. But um, okay, yeah, it, it does seem like something that is that it, its source material is is already fairly established and fairly fairly well liked. So uh, I am definitely personally looking forward to uh checking more of it out and it seems like you you've already got the vinland bug so that's, that's yeah good no,
2: to i'm gonna be finishing this one off for sure and Ooh, um cool. the, the one other character that i'm interested to see where where they go with him is his uh i think he's like nine or ten uh is his son named mm-hmm. thorfinn and um
1: yeah, he's he, always the kid i see like in the promotional art and like correct screenshots yeah he, he's in the stuff. he's
2: in the dead center of the um of the poster like right on top of yeah. his father um mm-hmm. he has the thirst for battle and he's like he's pretty good like whenever he spars with the kids in the town he beats the crap out of all of them but you know he's nine so he's obviously not going to be a match for seasoned warriors mm-hmm. but um he has the thirst for it and he like tried to pick up a sword and his father was just like a swords for killing. Who are you going to kill? And obviously the kid had no answer. So, mm-hmm. um, right. I have a feeling like that's going to come back around and he's going to eventually like grow into a warrior. I don't know if the show is going to do much like, time skipping or whatever if they're gonna stick with like just this time period for now at least for the first Mm -hmm. season because i expect this one to get multiple seasons it seems it seems like that kind of show Mm. but um yeah i'm I'm interested to see where they go with him because he's a he's he's a good character as much of a brat he is so far but um (laughs) you know he's a nine-year-old kid you're not supposed to like children in anime that's pretty much what i've discovered over the years Mm. (laughs)
0: hmm but it definitely seems like they're setting up the kid just as much as they're setting up the actual the, like current main character kind of thing or correct. Hmm. Okay. Yeah.
2: Cause he, he, uh, he was a little stowaway and okay. now he's on the boat off to war. Oh God. <laughs> despite Great. his father being like, what the hell are you doing here? Oh no. So yeah,
0: hmm.
2: he, he's definitely going to become important. I just don't know how important Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm assuming that maybe his dad dies somehow and uh, he has to sort of take up the mantle of uh, leadership uh, in the village or leadership in war and in some way, but I have no idea if that's exactly the case. If that is a spoiler, I'm sorry, I predicted that.
0: But <laughs> Blind <that's> just... <laughs> spoilers,
1: here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, I... it, it wouldn't surprise me.
2: It could go that way. Like, I could very easily see it going that way. But I could also see it going the other way and him just basically using the kid as, like, a moral outlet. Like, mm-hmm. him talking to the kid is him actually looking at, at the camera, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: But we'll and see. And then the, then the kid's just like, I hate you, Dad. I want to kill people. <laughs> he, he's not like that, but, like... You're not yeah, my real maybe. dad.
2: Oh God. <laughs> Pretty sure if a, if you ever said that to your Viking dad,
1: he'd literally, like, have you over <laughs> his knee. <laughs> And pound you with the with the with the flat end of his sword. Yeah.
2: Well that is actually a thing that happened, is like once he found out his son was a stowaway, he literally pulled down his pants, bent him over his knee, and started spanking him in front of his like soldiers. (laughs) Which I was just like I was just like, I'm not sure if that like undermines you as a leader or not, but like this is funny either way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow. Yeah, Vinland saga, definitely give it a watch. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So I guess before we jump into either mine or Sarah's shows, we do have some questions from a couple folks uh, specifically about Vinland Saga, so I guess we'll just go ahead and answer those. All so right. our, good, our good buddy Will, who's also Ryan's co-host in MidShelf Gaming, he asks, I only just heard of Vinland Saga because of the anime coming out, and so far I'm really enjoying it. Do you have any previous history with the manga? Also, do you think it being only available on Amazon will cause it to lose, excuse me, cause it to be lost in the seasonal shuffle?
2: Um, Well, the answer to the first half of that, uh, I think I made it clear no, I don't have any history with this one. Um, But I don't think it will because, one, people watch things illegally, as much as we don't condone that here, Uh, people do do it. (laughs) Um, But I thought the same was going to happen with uh, Dororo and that was one of the most popular anime of that season so no i don't think it'll get lost because it is that good it's Mm -hmm. also still kind of early so it might take like the big call to action episode for people to be like oh my god if you haven't been watching vinland saga go watch vinland saga you know that one episode that happens every season
0: like some huge fight like you gotta see this or some huge fight or some
2: like something happens to just make it like the show's defining moment and people Mm -hmm. are just like oh my god everybody needs to watch this show Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. but i mean i think there is something to be said on some level of it just being an amazon exclusive because i mean that does impact the way that people at least find the series is. Yeah. a lot of people if they're looking to find new anime they're not necessarily going it's l- like new seasonal anime they're not necessarily going to go to amazon prime to do that they're going to go to crunchyroll or, or something or vrv anime. yeah
2: i've started more going similar. to amazon just because like i have prime obviously yeah. and i've noticed like how much is on there and it's like good stuff
1: yeah, yeah. Like, Amazon does, unfortunately, get a lot of exclusives um, on their on their service, but um, there, there is a precedent for some of them coming off and being on other platforms later. It, it would just depend on the licensing yeah. um, contracts for Vinland Saga. Like, for example, uh, Land of the Lustrous uh, back last year, maybe the year before... No, it was last year, and that wasn't that long ago. Anyway, um, that was an Amazon exclusive, and then it came to High Dive later on. So maybe a, maybe another anime licensing company gets it, and it becomes more visible. I don't know. But if it's really good, you know, people are going to find it in one way or another. But uh, definitely support the official release. And if you really enjoy it, go out and buy those volumes of the manga, because they're really nice, and the more of it you buy, the more of it you will get. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then there's another question from Bill, a co-host on this podcast. Uh, Does Vinland Saga's opening sound like a Linkin Park song? Yes or yes? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, he asked me that question earlier when we were talking, and I was just like, Bill, it's much better than a Linkin Park
2: song. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, first <laughs> of all, Linkin Park was my emo high school days, so watch your tone. And <laughs> <My> <laughs> um, but. Yeah, Yeah, but yeah, it it definitely is.
1: Yep, it's it's got that. It's a Japanese Linkin Park
2: song. It is good though. I like it, It but it's like there there is one part of it that I was it was so unnecessary, and I'm not gonna replicate it for the ears of our viewers, um, listeners, whatever. Um, But like, there's one part where it's like being a normal rock song, and then he just like screams really Mm. like distortedly, and I'm just like, why? The song was fine without this. That's what but, you, That's how Vikings sing, my man. I mean, that's actually probably fair. But no, it's um, it's a good song. I like it. But yeah, it's Linkin Park. <laughs>
0: show, hold on was Do You Love Your Mom and Her Two-Hit Multi-Targets Attacks uh, which if you can't tell by the unnecessarily long title is based on a light novel series and is about a dude and his mom. Um, not in that way though, necessarily. Um, so well, You open the
2: episode with I don't like incest so I'm actually <laughs> kind of thinking maybe it is. <laughs>
0: No. I mean, there's jokes that, like, border on it, but it's definitely not. No. It's like, out of context, it could be seen as that, but in context, it's not because it's not like they have feelings for each other. He just happens to fall into his mom's chest every once in a while. Like so it's basically,
2: <laughs> so
1: it's basically, how much do you look into the subtext of this,
0: right? Um, okay. But uh,
1: Sarah, can you lay us the groundwork for this one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like you've got some experience. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, like that aside, it's essentially a parody isekai series where a dude gets sucked into a computer game, and his mom goes with him. Um, and not only that, but his mom is sort of like the chosen one not necessarily but like she has these crazy powerful attacks and everything and he just kind of is like a normal warrior class player in the game um so that's the big joke that's the big running joke right is that she's the kirito of the series essentially she literally dual wields and can like murder people instantly um and yeah and he's kind of a typical Blandish protagonist, and it's mostly, it's more a comedy than literally anything else. Um, it's not like if you take it seriously, then you're not paying attention because it's literally just constant jokes. They just gotcha. always run. Um, mm. But yeah it's they try to put a party together and he's like okay well i know for a fact that these are like the strongest players in this game so let's get these people and she's like no no those are gonna be a bad influence on my son we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna go for these cute girls who are very nice uh to be around and it'll be fine um so
2: she makes him a harem
0: yes She's literally like... Oh,
1: dear. <laughs>
0: she literally essentially interviews them for a marriage, and then she's like, oh, yeah, you can totally marry my son. And they're like, oh, you mean I can join the party? That's great. Wait, hold on. What was that thing that you just said? Because I don't know if I want to do that. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely... <laughs> it's It's a solid, like... C-minus anime (laughs) overall. (laughs) Um, Okay. The first two episodes, I had a lot more fun watching than episode three and four because I watched it with a friend of mine. And that was a lot funnier because you can, like, laugh with someone about it. Mm -hmm. Whereas, I don't know, it just gets kind of sad. But hey, the character designs are really cute and I kind of really love them. Um, The mom herself Not the main character. I want to call her the main character because she's the best one. But the mom is, like, a very cute, very sweet character. Um, A really nice... There's lots of themes of, like, family and what it means to be a parent and what it means to be a kid. And that whole connection... And it's like, uh, a lot of the other players in this game were sucked in with their moms. In fact, I think it's like everybody who's in this game has their mom out there somewhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and in order to get out of the game, you have to become closer with her. But then sometimes- So back up.
1: Mm -hmm. So the mechanics of this game Mm -hmm. within the anime- Okay are inextricably linked to your relationship with your mother? Is this a Freudian no. thing?
0: No. It's not a Freudian thing and it's not a Oedipus thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's just uh yeah, it's a like government run thing for distressed teens to become closer with their mothers or something, I think. Okay. The so just yeah.
1: So was it Really an accident that she gets sucked in with him? Or no, was it's that not an point? accident at all.
0: <laughs> Spoiler okay. alert. But, um, yeah, and usually it's like the mom signs them both up for the program, which is kind of a problem because some people have relationships with their mothers that aren't the healthiest relationships, but it's not hmm. on them. It's more on the mom. Hmm. And so... That uh, is a
1: nuanced way of exploring that topic, I suppose.
0: Yeah. And so it's... let me
1: let me phrase it this way, actually. Mm-hmm. You know the Pokemon move, Return? The move? Like the actual move? The move, move. <laughs> like
2: the, the attack. Uh, the, mm-hmm. There's an attack in Pokemon called Return, where okay. its attack power is proportionately uh, related to the bond with the trainer. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: I mean, it's just the only reason why she's so OP is because there was a bunch of swords in a rock and she was like why can't i just draw two of them and she took both so
1: <laughs> i see it's
0: not really the only thing that the bond is related to is whether or not you get back to the real world
1: mhm okay
0: so it's like eh, yeah um and it's also sort of like her out of the box thinking ends up helping them whereas it should Normally the situation would be like, oh, I know this game like the back of my hand, so I can totally like own, right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's like the strategies that work the best are the ones where she just kind of ignores typical gaming rules. And is just like, mm-hmm. why can't I just hit this thing really hard? <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: but, um, yeah. So
1: it seems to me like just through social media osmosis that, Generally a, a lot of folks were very open to this series being something that might actually be kind of good actually a, an isekai that they could get behind that's got a fun gimmick that might be you know cute and fun but yeah. were a little bit turned off by the almost immediate sort of uh, fan service qualities yep. of the series mm-hmm. uh and I can totally uh, sympathize with that because I'm kind of in the same boat as those people but um, it's like, I mean, I see that definitely as, uh, as, as a disappointing aspect of a show that I think could otherwise maybe transcend some of that with some of its unique comedy.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: uh, you having actually seen it, like, do you, do you have a take on that?
0: Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely the sort of thing where if you're turned off by fan service, usually you probably aren't going to be into it. Like, mm-hmm. the guy who directed it, uh, or who is directing it, yoshiaki iwasaki did love hina hayate the combat butler and the familiar of zero so like if you don't like that kind of level of comedy quote-unquote comedy slash uh fan service then yeah it's not really it's literally like pretty much in the same vein as those kind of things
2: gotcha Um, well i know what love hina is all about but uh hayate I actually did watch a couple episodes of that, like, a long time ago in an Anime Club, and I did like that. Like, it, mm-hmm. it was it was fun.
0: I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm having fun with it. Literally, mm-hmm. one of the only reasons why I wanted to watch it, um, aside from my friend also starting it, was because I was like, hey, this will be something really funny to talk about. Worst case, <laughs> like, at the very least, it'll be, like, interesting, and it's something that... Maybe I might have checked out on my own, but, like, probably not, unless it got a Mm -hmm. whole lot of pickup on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't know. I feel like it's hard for me to wholeheartedly recommend it in any way, because it isn't fully reaching my expectations in terms of, like, comedy. Mm -hmm. And even the parts that are, like, semi-serious and, like, trying to have heartfelt moments between this guy and his mom heartfelt in like a genuinely like platonic way I mean Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. like even that stuff is just kind of like cheesy and doesn't really like hit well like Mm -hmm. so eh, eh, if you want like a colorful fun little thing to watch it's good Mm -hmm. but if you're in it for like yeah I want comedy with a family drama then no there's maybe something better out there Mm -hmm. so Um, would you
1: would you put it somewhere like on the on the sliding scale of anime around like a show like konosuba for example but maybe not quite as good
0: i mean yeah konosuba is like pretty good Mm -hmm. it's okay some of the jokes remind me a lot of Mm konosuba but it's definitely like a lot cheesier like in a not good way (laughs) Ah,
1: I see Mm -hmm. okay okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well I'm glad that you volunteered to take the proverbial bullet for the sake of this podcast anytime (laughs) yeah hopefully it didn't make you want to take the non-proverbial bullet
0: no it's not that (laughs) bad I'm definitely I think I'm honestly gonna like keep watching it and finish it Mm -hmm. just to see like Mm -hmm. how it does but yeah I mean overall not bad
1: cool cool well I guess that brings it to me and uh, my series that I have chosen to talk about for this episode is Dr. Stone
0: Oh hi,
1: yo, wo Uh, which is a anime adaptation of a long-running Shonen Jump manga series that's been going on, I believe, since like 2017, I believe. It was originally written by Richiro Inagaki, and this version is being adapted by Studio TMS, uh, the wonderful folks behind wonderful animes such as uh, Lupin the Third and Megalobox, and things like that, so very good, uh, very good uh, pedigree there. Um it's being directed by a relative first timer. I believe that this series is their first real um directorial role as like the main director of a series. Um and it seems like just uh going over some of the staff here on uh, Anime News Network's encyclopedia, a lot of the people that are working on this are fairly green. So that is uh that's very very nice to see a lot of uh, new talent being brought onto this project. A project that I think is very good so far. Um i've been really enjoying dr stone a lot more than i initially um thought i was going to based on my first uh impression of it because um back whenever it first came out whenever the first episode dropped i watched it and i was just like gosh i really don't see what all the hype is here uh not that i hated it or anything it just didn't really strike much of a chord with me hmm. um and this was me coming off of a lot of buzz surrounding the manga and uh, people uh, reading it and discussing it after the anime was announced. And uh, a lot of people whose opinions I trust were really praising it, saying like, oh my gosh, Dr. Stone is, is amazing. It's so funny. It's so like interesting and all this stuff. And I watched the first episode and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not really seeing it. Maybe it just got a little bit overhyped for me. Mm. uh and then two weeks passed by i watched episode two and i'm just like man now that i actually get this show i really like it so it was sometimes it takes an episode because they use the first one to like set up what
0: did it so what what do you what made you like suddenly get the show like what what was the thing because i watched episode one and i was like i mm -hmm. don't know if this is for me i'm gonna put that on Mm -hmm. the back burner
1: okay okay so I guess what helped me a lot was understanding the central conflict of the show and what exactly mm-hmm. a kind of show it is um, because I had my impressions of it based on what I had absorbed from social media and watching the first episode did not really match those expectations and I know that is totally a me thing that is totally a me issue mm-hmm. um, and I think it was just really the ignorance of not knowing what kind of show Dr. Stone is going into it because um, I was sort of under the impression, I couldn't really tell you why exactly, that it was more of a, more of a, like a comedy, I guess. But uh, it quickly becomes a fairly serious drama uh, pretty, pretty quickly, even though it has a mm-hmm. lot of absurd, like, comedy elements to it. Um, but I guess it might help uh, listeners at home if I actually describe what Dr. Stone is about. True, uh, And then yes. maybe I can get into the... Get into yeah. the weeds of, uh, of it later. So basically our setup is uh, the first episode starts in a Japanese high school. I know I've already lost a bunch of people saying like, oh boy, another Japanese high school show. But bear with me. You're not bear there with you, me. For you shouldn't long. be surprised yeah. at this I'm point that those long. exist. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, you're not there for long. So a uh, you, you see these, these characters and this, this young man and this young lady. Uh, The young man is approaching her and you know that he is finally going to confess that he has a crush on her and he wants to take her out on a date and all this stuff. It's very sweet. You see this strange boy in the background in the school with this weird radish hair. That's Dr. (laughs) Stone. Uh, His, his real name is Senku is Dr. Stone. Um, And then suddenly this like massive explosion begins on the horizon. And like the entire world is washed with this energy that, almost instantly turns every human being on the planet into stone. It's like a Medusa thing. Like, everyone gets turned into stone. And then you flash forward 3,700 years into the future. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and <laughs> the entire just a bit of time a couple weeks really um and the entire planet is you know overgrown with uh with grass and trees and foliage and everything any remnants of human civilization are virtually gone and uh then our main character um or one of our main characters the boy who was going to confess to the girl uh his name is uh taiju uh he becomes de-petrified somehow he like he, he sheds his rock form, and he's just like, oh my gosh, what happened? I don't remember anything. Where did everyone go? Where's this girl that I like? What's going on here? And then he just starts wandering around the wilderness for a bit and meets uh, Senku, Dr. Stone. And uh, he's just like, he explains to him what happened. He's just like, I've been awake for a certain amount of time, but the whole world is petrified, and I don't know why, I don't know how, but I'm committed to like using my huge amount of intelligence and brain science knowledge to rebuild society from the ground up. And that's basically the setup of the show. Um, But uh, And while I find find that a very interesting premise, that was not what I was expecting at all. (laughs) So maybe a little bit of my dislike for it initially came from just being so whiplashed, because I was expecting it to be more of a comedy, but they do actually kind of take this pretty seriously.
0: Yeah, because a lot of what you see on social media is the like comedy stuff right yes like the yeah, gags Yeah, because yeah.
2: The, yeah. they, they post like the screen caps of like the really funny right
1: liners right right and that can be very misleading at times especially with something that's got a lot of serious undertones uh, like this show but is also like legitimately funny like even the premise in of itself has an absurd angle to it mm-hmm. um but i think it's it's having watched a few episodes kind of the way that it plays out and the way that the characters act it is somewhat jojo's bizarre adventure in a way where it is very much like a shonen action adventure series but it's also incredibly absurd but it takes everything very seriously in a way that jojo also does but it's not quite as like necessarily flamboyant or colorful or as like visibly absurd as Mm -hmm. jojo's is um even though it, it can uh, enter that into uh, that era as well, but um, yeah, just going forward from that, they uh, they introduce some more characters that become depetrified. They um, they have they explained out...
2: like exactly what's going on, like how they're getting depetrified. Yet,
1: yes, they they've explained how that happens, and it's it's actually something that Doctor Stone himself comes up with. Like he uses his scientific knowledge from the twenty first century. Uh, and essentially applies this to a now, like... Because essentially what the world has done, it has refer- it has reverted to, like, millions and millions of years ago sort yes. of society. It where, definitely like, has a, very like, Stone Age
0: aesthetic.
1: Okay. Exactly. And that's yeah. kind of the whole... That, that's kind of the central that's joke. It's like they're yeah. they're so far into the future that it has become the past. Because um, there's they... enough
2: time has passed without civilization, so there's been no progress.
1: Exactly. Um but they are existing in this world with all of the knowledge of the 21st century. And plus, like, Dr. Stone, Senju, is like the... Uh, he, he's like a super huge science nerd, so he knows all these scientific things and sort of can apply all this knowledge to fulfill his ultimate goal, which is to rebuild society. And he says that multiple times. Like, you know that that is his shonen protag... Uh, goal where he's not like I want to be a hero for justice but he's just like I want to rebuild society and go to space and things <laughs> like that but he, he has to do it literally from the ground up um, um, but I think one thing that is very fascinating about this show and I'll, I'll draw a weird connection to it it reminds me of Kimono Friends in some way um, because if you guys watch any of Kimono Friends at all you know how like it's about this sort of weird pseudo post-apocalyptic setting but it's also an educational show about animals. Uh, Dr. Stone is also that way in the sense that it is a shounen action um, adventure series, but it also teaches you a lot about science and how things work on a very basic level. Um, Like in almost every episode, they explore one scientific um, application, I guess, or process. Like in the first one, they teach you how alcohol is distilled and how like alcohol oh, cool. is ba- is basically distilled in the same exact way um now as it was millions of years ago whenever it was first discovered like the process is chemically basically the same
2: so basically they're teaching kids how to bootleg
1: exactly they're teaching kids <laughs> to be uh to be uh, <laughs> to be bootleg whiskey dealers um <laughs> But, uh, and that all ties into the overall story of them coming up with this way to depetrify people because they find this mixture that you pour on the stone people and they crumble and become normal again um, and all that stuff. And then, like, in uh, in episode uh, two, they teach you about calcium carbonate because they use it for, um... Uh, I can't remember exactly what they use it for in that episode, but they basically tell you about how cal- calcium carbonate is used to, like... Uh, it's used for like agriculture it's used to make soap it's used to uh make mortar to like cement your uh cement like buildings and things like that and it's a lot of fascinating stuff about very very basic chemical processes that we all benefit from every day but we don't necessarily know how they work if we're not super into science stuff
2: and to your knowledge it's fairly uh correct
1: I mean, to my knowledge, I mean, of course, I'm not a huge science nerd, but it seems basic, and it reminds me of things uh, similar to what I learned in science class, like in high school and stuff. Gotcha. Sounds like um, cells, at
2: work, cells at Work in a way, then.
1: Yeah, in some ways it is, but I would say that, um, you know, I haven't seen Cells at Work, but uh, to my knowledge, Cells at Work is more of, like, a personification of these actual processes that are happening, um, whereas Dr. Stone, it's like, it, it's, it's mostly about their internal universe narrative. They just also happen to showcase all of these like sciencey things that are going on to help them like achieve their goals within the show. Um so you mm-hmm. can totally tell that the original author was most definitely like a science otaku mm. because he's like poured all of that into his work. Uh in addition to making some uh some fairly likable characters, um like I initially thought, based on the first episode, that uh Senku himself is going to be, like, this insufferable, like, genius character where he's, like, this guy that's, like, so smart and so brilliant and he knows it and he will never stop telling people about <laughs> it. Um, but as you go along, like, you notice that he's very much is that character, but he's also, like, a genuine, decent person, too. Like, he has a fairly... Um, very benevolent goal in wanting to save all of these people that have been petrified and rebuild society even though it can be a bit of an ego trip for him at times just because of the challenge of it I mean, in my uh, mind,
2: you... let him let him take the ego of literally saving society <laughs> if it saves society.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. And then, and then there's another character that he interacts with later that also, quote-unquote, wants to save society. Mm-hmm. But he wants to go about it in a drastically different and more problematic way. Okay. And uh, the uh, character contrast between Senku and that character is is uh, very interesting. And I'm glad that they're exploring that uh, going forward. Um I will say I am one episode behind. I've only seen the first four episodes. Okay. Um, but if you watch episode one and you're not really digging it, um, maybe read the synopsis or maybe learn a little bit more about it and maybe give it another try because I think its own internal story sort of picks up in episode two and three and so on, and it gets a little bit more i guess compelling i suppose and the characters are better than i expected and it's so is is
2: is episode one just like world building and like kind of comedic then
1: pretty Mm. much because a lot of it is i mean sarah you can probably speak to this as well so i'll I'll just defer that to you
0: oh well i mean episode one it basically just like sets up the two main characters and the love interest and the whole like this happened hey guess what everybody's turned into stone now Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay How do we get out of this here's how problem solved kind of but not really at all um which i was like i mean that's cool but i don't know if i want to stick around for this or not but Mm -hmm. it sounds like there's a lot more to it yeah and that was
1: that was kind of what i was thinking too you know thinking back on it i was like i don't really know if i am so down for this premise that it's going to you know make me stick with it for the long haul but because I decided to just go ahead and give episode 2 a shot and after that I was pretty much sold because I saw that you know their initial premise was a really good setup but it's what they've done with it after setting it up that I was really impressed by mm-hmm. um because like you know I I'm, I'm to the point where Media cannot sell me on premise alone. I need really compelling characters and really compelling situations for me to fall in love with a piece of media.
0: Sure, like, it can't just be pretty.
1: Exactly. It helps it can't if be no, pretty it can't just be pretty. Yeah. And it can't just be a good idea. Like that good idea has to be executed and backed up with compelling characters compelling compelling narratives and you know interesting things that happen you
2: yeah, know because otherwise i'll say
1: it was a good idea but mm-hmm. it, exactly exactly and i think we can all think of uh you know things we were just, just sort of things we, we really thought we liked were just...
0: the premise of and then they didn't yeah, and it was out like <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> we all have those things we could probably think of yeah. but uh
1: yeah and i was i was you know my initial impression of dr stone was that that was going to be the case, but I'm very happy to have been proved, proven wrong, and it's uh, okay. it's really fun so far.
2: Okay. Yeah, Dr. Stone, based on what I've been seeing about it, if I was going to pick a third show for this season, I mean, there's still time I might, but I'm starting grad school in three weeks, so I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> that would probably be my third one, because it seemed mm-hmm. like appealing to me.
1: My only concern about this show is that I know it's slated for 24 episodes, and I think that sounds perfect um i just certainly hope that it does not stick around too long and do too many like very long plotting arcs as Mm. a lot of shonen series are known to do um because i think that that could kill it pretty quickly um in terms of enjoyment i would just hope that they you know get their 25 24 episodes done tell a complete story and just let it go um I mean if it ends up being 50 episodes or so that that would probably be okay as well. Um, I just don't know how long the manga is so I guess that's that remains to be seen. But I could see this something getting I could see this being something that gets exhausting if it goes on too long, but if it doesn't, it could shape up to be a really excellent show whenever it's all said and done.
2: Okay. Cool. Well, I hope for the best then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz it
1: sounds interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I might pick it back up if it like gets super 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 interesting Mm -hmm. but
1: i will keep you in the loop
0: awesome literally Mm -hmm. poke me about it yes (laughs) i will um and so that's it for those main three huh yeah that's what we got yeah um so what else are we watching this season Mm
2: -hmm. fire force
0: Hell yeah,
2: Fire Force! <laughs> yeah. oh my I'm god! I'm watching a
1: little bit of that myself.
2: Mm-hmm. I looked through. I was looking through the season uh, previews on my anime list, and Fire Force. I immediately saw it, and I was just like, "Okay, I have to watch this. The premise is so ridiculous. Like, right. it, it, even if it's bad, I'll be entertained for like a couple episodes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And like, my rule with anything is, I'll give it three episodes, and if I'm bored and like don't actually want to keep going, I won't. But um. No, I'm like so so down for Fire Force. Like it's it's mm-hmm. amazing.
1: I've only watched the first episode myself, but um, having been a really big fan of Soul Leader back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, I, I can definitely tell that it it seems to be pulling a lot from the same DNA, but maybe better. Yeah, it's um, got
2: like it's got like a lot of DNA from like a lot of old like classics that people love. Like it feels like Blue Exorcist, a little bit of mm-hmm. um, D Gray. It's got the Shonen aspect of it, yeah. like it, it feels like my hero a lot as as well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm definitely getting that vibe from it.
1: I guess in contrast but, to my hero, I do appreciate that a lot of the characters in Fire Force are older, so it's that's gotta, yeah, it's got a slightly yeah. different perspective in that way. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there's not there's not too too many young characters, and also it's it's mm-hmm. definitely not my hero. It's my hero mm-hmm. in like appearance, like mm-hmm. the way the powers are kind of presented. It feels mm. a little bit like My Hero, but mm. besides that, it's not at all. Like the plot is entirely, entirely different. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah. I really like it so yeah. far. And yeah. it wasted probably... no time for yeah.
2: a shonen series. Like episode three, they introduced like uh, the villain and like what he's trying to do or whatever. So I, I was just like, okay, well they're not even wasting my time with this. Like mm. I, I'm entirely Getting on right board with this.
0: Into it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's,
2: it's really good so far, and it looks fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. I, like, read a bit of the manga, and then I was like, ooh, wait, the anime's coming out, so I'm just gonna read a little bit and then watch the anime so I can still have some surprises. Yeah, And yeah. one thing that I was, like, really... I was, like, if they don't nail this, I don't know if I'm gonna like it, was, like, duh, obviously the flames in every right, situation yeah. have to mm-hmm. look really freaking nice, mm-hmm. like, because that's the main mode of attack, that's the main... Everything. Yeah. So, and... The- so far it's been pretty good it's been the one thing
2: i think they've nailed is honestly the villain because he like mm. he he smokes cigarettes like i don't know who smokes cigarettes a lot <laughs> anybody That's in speaking. the 60s uh, chain smoker. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh like yeah so he does like tricks with it like he'll spell things and the way that they like take it from smoke to spell looks mm-hmm. really cool
0: yeah um mm-hmm. there's a lot of like it's not to the same level as Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, but there's a lot of, like, CG elements that are blended in really nicely. Yeah, I like, the like. fire
2: kind of sometimes looks like a marshmallow.
0: Yeah, or, like, um, in episode four that literally just came out today, so I don't know if everybody's seen it. But um, in episode four, like, the way that the rain happens, there's, like, one shot where the rain just, like, stops, like, Matrix-style, and it's c- CG, but mm-hmm. it blends really well into everything. Okay. I'm glad
1: you guys were mentioning the animation because it's done. It's being done by David Production, which is probably the, the thing that they're most well known for is uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: while I'm a big fan of Jojo's, I would not say that Jojo's is necessarily a series that has ever really been fantastically animated. Mm. I think it makes really good screenshots, like each individual frame looks really good, but the character animation can sometimes be a little bit junky. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for JoJo's in of itself, but um, I was yeah. very, very impressed with how uh, fluid and, uh, um, well, I guess how fluid, I, for lack of a better a better explanation, of Fire Force's character animation was. Um, yes. Coming from probably a lot of the same staff.
2: The um, only characterization thing that I have, like, not an issue with, it's just going to take, like, a little bit of an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Is, um, the main character's quirk is that when he gets uncomfortable or nervous, he smiles smiles like a demon. Yeah. Mm. So it's taken me a minute to, like, adapt from, like, oh, he's not sinisterly grinning. He's uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like when he gets into like certain situations, he's like grinning from ear to ear, and it's and it takes me a minute. I'm just like, to oh wait, what no, that he, actually he's means. yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, no, he's uncomfortable. This situation is making him uncomfortable, right. and then like you figure out why, and it's like it's, it's it's a little it's cool, but it's like it takes you a minute.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little bit. It's it's kind of cool the way that the anime frame stuff too compared to the manga because I think in the manga I just kind of like got used to it and learned how to read it. But mm-hmm. in the anime, like, you see him smiling, and you're like, why is he smiling right now? And then you're like, oh, wait, that's right. He's, like, stupid. But...
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> he's smiling because he's stupid. <laughs> he can't control yeah.
0: that. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But then it's like, oh, but that's how everybody else is thinking whenever they see him do that. So mm-hmm. then it's, like, weird to think about.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sarah, you name-dropped the other series that I am also watching uh, this season, which is a carryover from last season, which is uh, demon slayer, uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba, which that is good. on my list. My it's gosh. so good. It is so good. Immaculate. And yeah. It truly is, and what blows my mind about it is that in in no way is it necessarily unique from anything that that has come out before. Mm-hmm. It just takes so many things that have been done before and just refines them to such an incredible degree that I cannot help but be. You know impressed and almost moved like every single episode um and it 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 has a lot of the same like uh shonen jump arcs and character types right. and stuff like that yeah but it, it just treats it with such such respect and uh such great empathy for the things that its characters are going through yes
0: um, empathy is such a good word yes go. it,
1: it really is there's so much empathy ingrained in that show mm-hmm. and uh Tan- Tanjiro and um, Nezuko's story is just uh, heartbreaking but it's just so inspiring to see them like go through all that nasty awful crap that they went through and then just rise above so like inspirationally and like it's just such an excellent show but mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. it, it would be difficult it, it's again one of those things where premise doesn't matter as much but like if i were to explain the premise of of demon slayer you'd be like that sounds tried and boring and it's been done before yeah. and you'd be right yeah but like but yeah i think Ufotable's style just like bleeds out of that show
2: oh yeah so, for I mean, sure like, I, I love pretty much everything by ufotable like honestly.
0: yeah i mean yeah. Yeah. Um Tales of Zestiria the X. Uh the animation was yeah. great. <laughs> takes a long yeah. sip of water.
2: Zestiria that that was a that was a really weird um thing yeah for the anime. Like the the game is great, but like mm-hmm. the anime I was just like why did you do it like
0: this? that it's, way. Yeah. yeah.
2: It, it it was just confusing, but it was, yeah.
0: you know. Mm-hmm. But
2: um, they they also did um one of the Token Rambu series, the um
0: what Katsugeki yeah Katsugeki yeah the, the serious one <laughs> Yeah the yeah. serious
2: one and like Marissa and Jesse tried to get me to watch um Hanamaru and I watched like one episode of it and, like, and I was just like I'm just like I'm just like <laughs> no, this isn't for me. And then like I watched Katsugeki and I was just like, okay, this is for me. Like, this mm-hmm. is incredible. Token Ranbu Curry. <laughs> oh God, I want some Katsu Curry right now.
1: <laughs> me too, it sounds delicious. But yeah, uh, yeah U- Ufotable's great. And I think that, you know, it, I, I've, I think I'm on maybe like episode eight or nine of uh, Demon Slayer. I'm watching it with Tori and we're watching it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it in nearly a single episode does it drop in quality or uh or pacing and that's that's something that i think is always a challenge whenever it comes to anything uh like action based is always pacing Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um it's like you don't want the fight to go too short but you don't want it to go too long Um, (laughs) looks at dragon ball (laughs) exactly exactly and And naruto uh, Yep, yep. So there's a lot of uh, unfortunate uh, DNA there for for anime adaptations of shounen things. But um, I don't know, man. This one is just knocking it out of the park, and it's it's awesome every episode. And it takes place sure in the Taisho is. era, which, which is I not love. a... Yeah, it's not an era typically explored by a lot of anime. Like, the closest thing I could think of was maybe, like, Golden Kamui. And even then, that is so, like, um, yeah wilderness-focused. You yeah. don't really see a lot of... Uh, like um uh urban sort of exploration Things. there yeah but yeah anybody um, else watching anything that uh hey, is really tickling their fancy
0: remember how we talked about david production
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: um so they're also doing ensemble stars which finally got an anime like three or four years after it was initially announced and having oh, wow. writers and directors and studios jump in on it and then drop it um mm, yikes which and i'm gonna say uh it's a solid effort <laughs> <laughs> if you're not a fan of the game it's really hard for me to recommend it to you because as a standalone anime there's a lot of things about it that are like not that great the story is kind of mm. generic off of first impression um the actual performances are probably the best part because they're actually like well composed and well done, but any time musical performances, yeah, like like the concert mm-hmm. type of things, um, not mm-hmm. the concert type of things where people are throwing guitars at each other. That's literally just a point in the story. Um, I
1: see. Well, that sounds like the kind of anime I'd love to watch.
0: Well, watch Ensemble Stars. Tobias may or may not be watching it. I don't know. <laughs> I know he watched at least the first episode. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah it gets crazy and the whole thing is that it's a very it's a story that's presented in a serious way and to a certain level you're supposed to take it seriously but also to a certain level there's like a suspension of disbelief that you're supposed to have with it of like yeah okay whatever it's a bunch of anime guys because in the game it's a lot there's a bigger separation than when it's a show and people talking and stuff i think maybe um right but anyway, that's happening. Star Mew season three is happening. Star Mew is like what ensemble stars could be if mm. they did better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I see. So if you like singing and dancing boys, which I don't know, do y'all? I don't know. Um, Not really. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I remember Star Mew, um, Austin and I, we were running um, Japanese club at mm-hmm. a Mondays we did um i think it was like one of the last things we did in the semesters we wanted to make it like a community night mm-hmm. so we put up like a whole list on the thing and we took a poll and everybody voted for like what they wanted to see and like three out of four shows were awful mm. <laughs> and star mew was one of them
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah i i kind of enjoyed the one episode i saw the only thing that really stuck out to me was the somewhat stiff character animation mm-hmm. but other than that it was, was fine yeah, yeah. fine
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Anybody else have anything else this season? I mean, there's I'm kind
2: of this season for me is also kind of tales from the backlog. Mm-hmm. Um I'm watching uh, life. Yeah, I'm watching Rising of the Shield Hero. One of my friends recommended it, so I'm oh, giving gosh. it a shot. Um I don't I ha- I only watched the first episode and I liked it enough, so we'll see.
0: You know, um, I ended up like totally binging that one cuz it's mm-hmm. kind of generic but kind of new in certain ways but kind of like it's not great and if you go into it knowing that it's not great, i've heard it's good not great a fun but he
2: time. but he loved it so i'm just like yeah. i really hope you're not over hyping this for me but he normally mm-hmm. gives good recommendations so i trust him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um i'm also uh finishing one punch season two because i never had a chance to really sit down and watch that yeah. Oh sorry, I should have used its English name single slap Sam.
1: <laughs> oh, excuse us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I know that there's that one ser- new uh, original series from uh, Mario Kata that's coming out right now that I'm uh, excited to see because uh, I-, I pretty much will watch anything that she has worked on if it's not like strictly adaptive work because uh, I really like her, her output generally speaking as long as she's working on something that she has a lot of uh, say in um like i really enjoyed makia i thought it was an excellent film and so pretty much after that i was just like yep i am uh, aboard the mario kata train i am uh, sold here for her but uh, i haven't checked any of that out yet but um i don't know there's probably something else that i'm forgetting but that's just gonna be the way it is i'm gonna forget
0: bada bing is that everything
1: i think that's it i
2: believe it, guys. so Mm-hmm.
0: Gosh. Well, then mm-hmm. this has been Third Impact Anime, a little summer season sampler for everybody. Um there should be another group doing another batch of things. And um yeah, follow us on social media. Check out our website thirdimpactanime.com. We also got a Patreon. We also have that beautiful giveaway happening. And yeah. Uh,
1: where can people talk to you on Twitter, Sarah?
0: Um you Un- uh, at Unique X Harmony on Twitter, and again at TNS underscore Tour if you're into that cover life and want to check some out or join it.
2: Y'all can find me at Midshelf Ryan on Twitter, and you can also find me on YouTube at Midshelf Gaming. We are the Midshelf Gaming that has more subscribers, even though we are a younger channel. That totally was not uh, any
1: shade being thrown. That's just how it was. It? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I-
2: I've told this story like a dozen times at this point, but like the day we created the channel, we had looked for mid-shelf gaming on YouTube just to make sure there was nobody else. And the channel was that small that us searching for them didn't actually make a result. So <laughs> we don't care
1: anymore. <laughs> and uh, as for me, you can find me over on Twitter at BebopShock. That's Bebop is in Cowboy Bebop and Shock is in You are Shock!
0: See you next time. What I like.